Welcome to the Cut It Straight Podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Nate Whitley. Cut It Straight is a podcast helping you pursue excellence in your preaching and ministry. In this episode, we're going to look at the topic, Bring Me the Books. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Cut It Straight Podcast, episode 21. I'm your host, Pastor Nate Whitley. It's been a very busy season around here, so I'm going to pause our series, Discerning the Call of God, and I want to look at a different subject that I get asked about quite often. So I want to look at 2 Timothy 4.13. Paul says, When you come, bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas, also the books, and above all, the parchments. In 1 Timothy 4.13, Paul says, Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. So in episode 21, I want to talk to you about bring me the books. I want to talk about reading and more specifically reading books as a young minister. Now, preaching requires reading and studying. However, Some don't know where to begin. I understand. Uh, I can relate to that because I vividly remember those times of not knowing what to read or who to read when I first felt the call into ministry and I began doing ministry. Uh, And to be honest, uh, when I was younger, I didn't like to read books that much. I would have uh, much rather read magazines in the sports section of the newspaper, but uh, those of you probably don't even know what magazines and newspapers are anymore since we do everything digitally. But when God called me to preach, uh, He put within me a deep desire to read and study. And my mother can attest it had to be the Lord to work such a miracle, and it has been. He has completely changed my affections concerning uh, reading. So, if you're going to preach, then you're going to need to feed your soul, your mind, and heart uh, with information that will be of use for your sermons and lessons. Uh, and even other times when you're going to minister, whether it's uh, in a counseling session or it's just one-on-one over coffee with someone, you need to have some uh, some substance to what you are saying and ministering. Uh, those who say that they don't need to consult with books Uh, other than the Bible, are only fooling themselves. Now, I want to see what uh, the Prince of Preachers, Charles Spurgeon, has to say about those who would say all you have to do is read the Bible. Let me quote this. Quote, In order to be able to expound the Scriptures, and as an aid to your pulpit studies, you will need to be familiar with the commentators, a glorious army, let me tell you, whose acquaintance will be your delight and profit. Of course, you are not such wiseacres as to think or say that you can expound Scripture without assistance from the works of divines and learned men who have labored before you in the field of exposition. If you are of that opinion, pray remain so, for you are not worth the trouble of conversion, and like a little cotry who think with you, would resent the attempt as an insult to your infallibility. It seems odd that certain men who talk so much of what the Holy Spirit reveals to themselves should think so little 
of what he has revealed to others, end quote. Uh, And Charles Spurgeon wrote that in his great little book called uh, Commentaries and Commentating. Uh, But he, he makes a great statement. I just, that one line sticks out with me. You're not such wise acres uh, as to think or say that you cannot expand, that you can expound scripture without assistance uh, from the works of divine. So if you could, you could replace commentaries there and put books, you're not, you're not such a wise acre to think that you can preach and teach uh, without reading other books. When someone tells me, especially a preacher tells me that they, that they don't read books I can't tell you how unenthused I am to hear them preach and minister. Uh, It's very flat. It's very shallow. But those who will spend time in reading and studying, it will give great substance to their sermons. And I think Mr. Spurgeon sums it up better than anyone uh, could when, when making a response to those who would say all you have to do is read the Bible and not read anything else. I also want to include um, Spurgeon's comments on 2 Timothy 4.13. In 2 Timothy 4.13 he says, bring the books in the King James Version. So let's hear what uh, Mr. Spurgeon says here, and I quote, He was inspired, speaking of Paul, and yet he wants books. He had been preaching for 30 years, and yet he wants books. He had seen the Lord, and yet he wants books. He had a wider experience than most men do, and yet he wants books. He had been caught up into the third heaven and heard things that was not lawful for a man to utter, and yet he wants books. He had written a major part of the New Testament, and yet he wants books. End quote. What a great, great uh, comment on Paul's request, and even at the at, this is at the end of his life, he knows he's about to be uh, give his life for the gospel, and he says to Timothy, "Bring the books, bring me the books. I want to read. Bring the paper. Uh, bring bring something I can write on. Bring the books." And here's Paul, a man of great stature, spiritual stature, and he knew that he must read. And this holds true for us, uh, those of us who are not the apostle Paul. So. I want to give you some advice and, and help you uh, to, to build the habit and the discipline uh, of reading books. But I want to first say this, uh, you do need to read scripture. First and foremost, you need to spend time reading the Bible. Uh, yes, you will need the aid of commentaries and dictionaries and other books, uh, but you must be a person of the book. Uh, and this is what, again, I want to quote Charles Spurgeon, who is top two, three uh, writers from the outside of Scripture. Uh, he says this, quote, visit many good books, but live in the Bible. He goes on to say, uh, and I quote, all human books grow stale after a time, but with the word of God, the desire to study it increases. While the more you know of it, the less you think you know. The book grows upon you as you dive into its depths. You have a fuller perception of the infinity which remains to be explored. You are still sighing to enjoy more of that which it is your bliss to taste, uh, and, and I'll try to include these quotes in the in the in the uh, in the podcast notes. But I, he sums it up. He he just has a way with words, and he can grab what you're trying to say, and he can say it for you. Uh, the, the book grows. The Bible grows upon you as you dive into its depths. You have a fuller perception of the infinity which remains to be explored. And so, the more you read it, the more you really say, "I don't know." And and to be honest, I've been reading the Bible for 
many years in study, and I, I come to it as a child because I just sometimes I feel so overwhelmed, like I just don't know it all, and I know I never will. But he's so right. The more I dig, the more I don't know, and and so that that drives me and compels me to read scripture. You never graduate from reading scripture. And let me say, you don't don't just read the Bible to get sermons and get lessons. Read the Bible for your devotions. Read the Bible to to know God, to know the author of the Bible, to draw closer to Him. And and if you're losing that desire to read the Bible, go read Psalm 119. Uh, I think there's 176 verses, and every uh, every verse is about the scripture. It's about the law. It's about the commandments. It's about the testimonies and how the, the psalmist says it was his delight. He uses that word delight and open my eyes that I might see wondrous things from your law. And if you need that desire back in you, I, I implore you to go read Psalm 119 over and over again and, and see someone who loves the word of God. So number one, you need to spend time in scripture. Read it from Genesis to Revelation as many times and as often as you can. As much as you as it is humanly possible, read scripture. You should be, you should be reading scripture every day. Uh, I listen to it on uh, the YouVersion Bible app. If I'm out walking or running, if I, and if I'm getting uh, ready in the mornings, I'm listening to it. If I'm driving down the road, I'm listening to it. Uh, then I, I do spend time in reading it as well. But I'm trying to fill uh, my heart, my mind with Scripture. I want to know it, and that's where I will as well uh, read different translations. Uh, that way it doesn't get stale as well. It could get stale reading one translation over and over again. Uh, I like the King James Version, obviously. Uh, my favorite translation to study from is the English Standard Version. Uh, I read the NIV uh, last year, and then this year I read uh, most of the uh, New Living Translation, which is, which is a really, really fine uh, translation. It's kind of the middle of the road between a paraphrase and a, uh, a literal translation, and it'll like, kind of give you the best of both worlds. It's not one I would study from all the time, but it's a good one to read. But read Scripture. Now, choosing books. I get the question, uh, what book should I read? Who should I read? Uh, and here's where personal preferences will come in. You may not like the type of books that I like to read, and I may not like the types of books that you that you're going to enjoy reading. It's like music or or movies or television shows or uh, whatever. It's a preference. <clears throat> and so when someone says, "What should I be reading?" Well, I, a lot of things that I read you may not like, um, and so I try to give very general answers to that. I want to help you uh, figure out. Uh, what topics and subjects that could intrigue you. And that's where uh, personal preference and what really floats your boat is going to help you and assist you in, in choosing the right books to read. And so uh, as a young minister, uh, I, tried to, I tried to put categories. Uh, here's some categories that I like to read. And so when I go to a bookstore, a used bookstore, or if I'm trying to find something new to read online, uh, I'll look. I'll, I'll try to think categories. So, uh, here's some of the categories that I like, and, and these might not be yours, okay? But this is just an idea of how I do this. Uh, here's some categories: theology, sermon helps, commentaries, dictionaries, uh, biblical studies is another category. Uh, spiritual disciplines, books on prayer, fasting, uh, leadership. 
books on leadership, uh, and there's a lot of things that can fall underneath that, like Malcolm Gladwell and uh, and the sort, <clears throat> and then lifestyle, holiness, uh, you know, Christian living, and then uh, another topic I like is uh, pastoral and uh, ministry books, books on pastoring, books on ministry, books on preaching. Uh, it's a category I like. History. I've, I've read some uh, some good books on history, and that's not just Bible history. It's American history or uh, military history, and then uh, fiction. Uh, so those are some of the categories that when I go to a bookstore, okay, here's some categories I'm looking for uh, that that intrigue me that I know will um, be of, of value to to my preaching. Uh, so I kind of let me, let me look at these, just pick a few of these and how I do it. Okay, so number one, reading theology, uh, category theology, and that's broad. I understand. But as a minister, you do need to read theology, read systematic theology, read uh, biblical theology. If you don't know the difference between those two, there's a good topic for you to study. There's the differences between systematic theology and biblical theology. Uh, <clears throat> systematic theology is putting uh, different topics of theology in order. Uh, for instance, the, the, uh, the doctrine of God, and then the doctrine of salvation, and then the doctrine of the end times, eschatology. That would be systematic theology. And then biblical theology is uh, taking one of those topics or another topic and, th- and finding that theme throughout Scripture or just in maybe one book and how it fits. And so two different disciplines, but those are two disciplines that I really enjoy reading between the two biblical theology is like, that's my, my wheelhouse. That's, I love biblical theology <clears throat> or, or, and then another one would be like oneness theology, Pentecostal apostolic theology, uh, David Bernard's books, books on the oneness, books on baptism, books on the Holy ghost, read those things. Uh, those are, those are things you need to read. And then you need to read theology that you may not agree with. Uh, don't live in the echo chamber of your favorite theological persuasions, okay? Because there are others out there. I'm not saying that they're correct, but I'm saying there are a lot of those who will, uh, you're going to, you're going to meet wherever you're ministering and you need to maybe know the language, know the arguments and let that sharpen you in studying what you know to be truth as well. And it will also help you. I have found I'm, I'm in the Bible belt, a lot of, uh, Baptist theology here in East Tennessee. Well, I understand that 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 theology. I understand their arguments, and so if I can find common ground with someone that I'm trying to minister to, and then bridge the gap. And so I didn't do that until I studied the things that I didn't agree with. Uh, so don't just read your favorite <clears throat> uh, your favorite persuasion of theology. Read some stuff you may not agree with. Also, don't get stuck in reading one discipline of theology. You know, there are those who get caught up in the, the studying one discipline like eschatology, the, the study of the end times. And then they become just a one-trick pony. Uh, they don't know anything else. Or there are those who just, it's tabernacle. Or, <clears throat> but broaden, broaden, uh, your reading in theology, okay? And then uh, the next one, biblical studies. Um, uh, read books about the Bible. The Old Testament surveys are very helpful. Uh, doing biblical book studies are some of the most beneficial for your ministry. Uh, get yourself uh, books to help you interpret the Bible as well. You need to be familiar with um, hermeneutics. 
Uh, Howard Hendricks' book, Living by the Book, is really good. Uh, books to help you interpret Scripture uh, will, will, will really help you in uh, preparing sermons and preparing lessons as well. There's a lot of good books on, on that K author, I think, is called uh, Help Me Study the Bible. Uh, that's a good one as well. But I, I, I highly recommend Howard Hendricks' book, uh, Living by the Book, and it's, it's absolutely outstanding. Another topic uh, would be like leadership, books on leadership. Uh, John Maxwell's books were very helpful to me early on in my ministry. didn't know I'd end up being pastoring. This was bef- way before that. Uh, and so a lot of those things that I read then were very helpful. Uh, but uh, to me, John Maxwell's books are fantastic. But if you've read one, you've probably read them all. Uh, and so there are, there are a lot of those types of books that uh, I don't read them often because a lot of them say the same thing in a different way. Uh, but it's kind of a, uh, you know, some books, some topics within that fall under leadership uh, intrigue me. And I, I put like Mal- Malcolm Gladwell's books, like Outliers uh, is a really good book. I put that under leadership. And I'm thinking categories again. Uh, and then like maybe like Dave Ramsey's books on finances, I'll put that under leadership as a category. And so when I can, that'll help me uh, to kind of wade through some books that I'm looking for, if I'm looking for the category. So leadership is another one of those categories like biblical studies or reading theology. Now, I want to say this. So once you're there, say you're looking for a, you you you, you decided on a category I'm looking for. I'm looking for, for books on, um, on biblical studies. So I'm looking for books on... Uh, Bible books. I want to study the book of John, or I want to study uh, 1 Timothy or Genesis. And so then, uh, so say it's biblical studies. Where do I start? Or and, and if I have the book that I'm I'm studying in mind, Genesis. Let's say Genesis is is the book that I'm studying. I will then try to do some research on what I'm trying to study. For instance, uh, bestcommentaries.com is, to me, the best website on trying to find commentaries. They've got it broken down into Old Testament, New Testament, each book, and then you can click on each book, and then they'll give you, I'm talking maybe a hundred or more different commentaries, and then they'll give you, and they rank them by the best rankings found online. And so then it'll give you where you can buy them, too. And so... And, and this will, you know, using something like Best Commentaries will help you read the reviews. And I'm for reading reviews. It's, you know, I think it's good. Don't, don't be turned off after your first bad review or negative review. And don't be, you know, don't be, you know, gung-ho after one good positive review. This is where preference is going to come in. What are you looking for? What are you trying to get out of it? Uh, what, what, what's the, you know, is, is it a technical commentary? Is it something uh, more academic? Or is this going to be something that's going to, I'm going to be able to understand to help me prepare sermons or lessons or to understand the topic? Uh, and so you're going to have to wade through that. And so like best commentaries will help you do that. They've got some uh, indicators to look for. I don't know them off the top of my head, but they're there to help you like devotional commentaries or technical commentaries. Um, and some that I'll deal with like languages and, 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 and whatnot. So 
I'm, I'm thinking now, okay, I got a book. I'm, I, need, I need to find resources on the book of Genesis. And, and that's not just commentaries. There are other books out there that are not commentaries that focus on uh, the book of Genesis. So here's how I would kind of, you know, choose, pick and choose. I go by author. I'm looking for an author, maybe a particular author. Uh, then uh, a, um, I look for the publisher. What kind of, who's the publisher? Um, and then I'll try to think, maybe look at uh, when was it written? Is it an old book, a new book? And so what I'm getting to is I'm trying to narrow down my choices because the thing about buying books, you can spend a bunch of money and, and, and still not have the things that you're, you're really wanting. And so I'm trying to help you to avoid the pitfalls of spending too much money and, and not getting the resources that you really want. So find writers uh, that you really like. So say you've studied Genesis and there was a, uh, an author that you really enjoyed. Go get his other books on another topic, or at least go look at them and, and check them out and see if they're if they're worthwhile. And most of my library is built this way: authors, publishers, and and kind of that new or old, and you know, depending on the series. And so that way, I'm I'm narrowing down my choices. And so, say I I find an author that I really like, and for me. An author, let me give you it for instance. John MacArthur is an author that I absolutely love. He's top five for me. Uh, he, he and Charles Spurgeon, I've read most of MacArthur's works. Now, I know he's not everybody's favorite. I understand that, but that's, you know, I get it. But for me, I enjoy it. And I've, I've recommended him to others. And they're like, I can't get anything out of it. Well, that's fine. That's okay. Uh, but for me, I, I mean, I... As soon as I read like one or two, I went and bought everything that I could find at used bookstores. And so I, I, I worked that way. <clears throat> and so then going back to like commentaries, who published the, the, the books, you know, and that way <clears throat> I can know if they've published other good books. So for instance, uh, uh, InterVarsity Press, IVP, puts out good commentaries, conservative commentaries. Uh, they also will put out other books uh, that are good as well. Uh, Zondervan will will they're they're much broader, uh, and so I know that the spectrum of conservative to liberal theology is there, and I kind of got to pick and choose, and that's where I'll lean on authors and know where they stand on some issues. Um, and I know I'm, I'm giving you a lot of information. But I'm trying to. Th- I want you to think through this when you're at a bookstore. You can get overwhelmed. But I don't want you to get overwhelmed. If I can go category, and then okay, I got my category, and then maybe I know the topic, and now I'm looking for author, publisher, new, old, or something of the sort, or series. Maybe it's a certain particular series, a commentary series. I know, man, I got to get that that book from that series as well, and so. That's kind of how I'm filtering buying a book. It, I'm looking at the category, I'm looking for the topic, and I'm looking for now authors. And pausing there, <clears throat> when I'm reading an author, who is he quoting? Who is he referencing? When I read John MacArthur, uh, the first book I read from John MacArthur was um, Not Ashamed of the Gospel. Well, he quoted Charles Spurgeon throughout. And that was the the gateway to buying everything I could find on Charles Spurgeon. And it opened up another world for me. <clears throat> and so uh, when you read somebody, who are they referencing? 
Uh, who are the ones that they're inspired by? Look in the back of the book. Read the bibliographies. Man, and I know this is nerd central right here. I'm giving you a nerd alert. When I open up a book, a new book, I'm usually going to the very back of the book to see the bibliography. I'm trying to see what books they've recommended as well. And that is just, that's nerd alert for me, but that will help me again when I go to buy books. Here's a list of things that I'm looking for. It's so that way I'm narrowing down my decisions of what I'm going to buy and, and, and how I can kind of filter out what I need and what I don't need. So author, publisher, new or old, and when I mean by new or old, like Spurgeon, I know it's written in the 1800s. It's going to be a little bit older. <clears throat> and so, you know, I, I know there's newer stuff, but there, there, there's, there's, there's a balance, a healthy balance of reading new works and old works as well. And so I try to, to keep that balanced as, as well. Now, let me say this about buying books. Where do you buy books? Uh, let me just give you this recommendation. I try to buy books the cheapest way I possibly can. I hardly ever buy a new book at full price. Uh, that's just that's just a personal preference for me. I just don't want to do that. I'm trying to find it the best possible price that I can because books are expensive. I love books. I'm, I, I don't have a huge book budget. Uh, and so I try to, to, to keep it as inexpensive as I can. And so I'll try to shop online. I don't just shop at a brick and mortar. I'll shop online. Probably the majority of my books are bought online. And so I can shop around, go to Christian Book Distributors, uh, cbd.com. They usually have a great, uh, good prices. If you live somewhere that has a Lifeway bookstore, uh, they will match prices. So sometimes I'll go to our Lifeway here in Knoxville. We have two of them. Uh, and if they have something that I'm looking for, the first thing I do when I walk in the stores, I look at CBD, I look at Amazon, I try to find it. Uh, another one is wtsbooks.org. Wtsbooks uh, they also have cheap prices, and so Lifeway will meet it, so that way I don't have to, to uh, wait for it to get shipped to me. So I do that as well. So I'm not trying to, I'm not paying full price for a new book. Uh, get coupons. Uh, go to Barnes & Noble. Barnes & Noble is not the great for Christian books, but they do have a, some selection and uh, sometimes they do have hardcovers on sale and they do run some specials. And uh, if you're a, a coffee drinker and a book buyer like me, I am a part of the Barnes & Noble uh, membership. <clears throat> and so you can get coupons in the mail and get a free Starbucks drink each month. It's not a bad, not a bad deal. So that's another way to do it, buy books. And then there are those who are like, Brother Nate, do you buy digital books or do you buy physical copies? Uh, both. Uh, I knew a guy who did both once and he lived to tell about it. There are those who are physical book people only. I understand. I get it. There are those who are digital only. I get it. I am whatever is cheapest book. <laughs> and I can get it. And then there are some I want on my shelf and there are some I want to take with me at all times and keep it as, a, as an ebook. And so I'll buy both, especially if they're on sale. And Amazon's great about if you buy the, a book uh, on Amazon, uh, you can get the ebook uh, at a discount. Or if you buy the, uh, the ebook, you get a discount on the Audible, the, uh, the, the audio book. <clears throat> and so what you have to do whatever is good for you. If you're, uh, if you're kind of a cheapo like me and you try to find the best 
possible prices. Uh, shop online, do what you can. Uh, and so, <clears throat> and the other thing is this: buy used. Used is always cheaper than new. Now, sometimes you can. Sometimes books uh, at a used price are the same as they are new on like Amazon or uh, or on CBD.com. And so you have to do some shopping, and that's kind of my, my deal. I love shopping for 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 books. Uh, and so, yes, I do physical. Yes, I do digital. Uh, I'm trying to find the cheapest one. Which one do I prefer? I, I've I've kind of leaned towards digital over the last uh, couple of years. I've I've been using eBooks for many years, uh, but over the last couple of years, I've just like having them with me everywhere I go. Uh, if I can, you know, if I'm, you know, if I'm driving and or I have to get the oil changed, I usually keep my Kindle or I keep my phone with me, and I can download the Kindle app or the iTunes, uh, the iBooks app. And so, say if I'm somewhere at the bank, I can just pull up my app and read a book. And so that that kind of that's I like having it with me at all times. So whatever your preference is, that's what you need to do. Um, and so let me. So that's buying books, use new, find the best price possible Amazon CBD WTSbooks.org whatever you use find them whether it's new or used what find what works for you now let me say this how can I get started how can I get started reading books here's the advice I, I will give you on uh, where to start I like to call this greasing the gears greasing the gears sometimes you just need to read a quick short book to grease the gears of reading other books and sometimes I do that there's sometimes I go I go through a spell where it's I'm struggling I don't know what topic to read or I don't know what I need to be inspired with at the moment and you kind of go through the motions of just being human and you're just kind of like I don't know well what I will do is I'll give you a small book and I will, that book will kind of grease the gears to get back into the discipline of uh, reading a book. And uh, so that, that will help me. And it doesn't, doesn't necessarily have to be a small book or a short book. Uh, it could be fiction. It could be something that just inspires you. Maybe a book you've already read before. But find something to help you start. Kick it, you know, kick it into gear with something. Kick it into something that can make it feel like uh, I've accomplished something. You're not just reading books just to say, I read a book. But it will help you to kind of get your mind thinking, your heart growing, uh, something to inspire you, maybe to, to kickstart your prayer life or maybe to kickstart your Bible study life or uh, maybe to something to, to, to set your preaching on fire, maybe books on preaching. And so maybe something just to kind of get the gears greased up to help you get going. So that's what I would do. Read something that will help you kind of get back into that discipline or maybe even start that discipline. Of, of reading books. Let me say this as well. If you're not on Goodreads, go to goodreads.com and set you up an account. And if you will set up your account on Goodreads, you can put in there the books that you want to read, books that you have read. You can connect to people, uh, friends. I'm on there. You can kind of see what I'm reading at the time and uh, kind of maybe that'll inspire you to, hey, that looks like a good book too. And I've done that many times where people I follow on there and I see what they're reading and, and they have a good review. And I'm thinking, man, I'm adding that to my want to read list. And so that will help you as well to maybe have some doors open and 
uh, to some different authors and different books and topics to help you read. But listen, this is a discipline that uh, it's not going to happen overnight. If you're not a reader, pray about it. Uh, Ask the Lord to help you to become a reader. Uh, You don't necessarily have to read books, but you need to be reading something. Uh, Don't just spend all your time reading Twitter and Facebook Uh, Spend your time reading quality things, quality writers, quality sources that will help you in your ministry. Because if you will do that and you'll put the time in and invest your time into studying uh, and studying the Word of God and things to help you study the Word of God, it will absolutely bubble up out of your heart, out of your mind, out of your soul, into your preaching and into your ministry and your hearers and your listeners, your congregation, your student groups, your small groups, they're going to be blessed because you have put your time in and the discipline of reading books. Thanks for tuning in to the Cut It Straight podcast. For more information and episodes, go to nswhitley.com. Also, be sure to subscribe to the Cut It Straight podcast on iTunes. Go to Facebook and search for N.S. Whitley and like and share my page. And follow me on Twitter at N.S. Whitley.